When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am JP Mosier. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? I'm doing fantastic, fantastic. On the way over here, I overheard uh, that they're making a new Rambo. So, yeah, I don't know if you've seen that I floating around. Um, we we talk a lot about Sylvester Stallone. Somehow he finds True. his way into our conversations pretty regularly. But he's a guy that I mean, even the trailer makes me uh, makes me feel like he, he doesn't. He needs to know when to hang it up. <laughs> and uh, somebody that just keeps hanging around and keeps going. Come on now. Reminds me a little bit of a guy named John Bon Jovi. <laughs> Been hanging around since the eighties. Was really big in the early eighties. Long hair and just blowing up stuff. And just uh, sometimes you got to know when to call it quits there. But no, this is uh, let's talk about him in his prom today. We're gonna ta- we're gonna talk about him in his prom. We're talking about John Bon Jovi and the band Bon Jovi yep. uh, living on a prayer. Living on a prayer. Monster smash. Bring them in. This is what JP and I sing to each other before every show. baby get your talk box out nah, it's right. time let's do this thing let me let's all perm our hair let's that's right get that crimper out that's right we need more hairspray that's in right. here right now i need to vacuum seal my jeans on me <laughs> <laughs> i am wearing a tank top <laughs> no, not definitely no. um living on a prayer legendary rock track anthem like like uh I mean Arena can, Rock yes, Anthem. Absolutely. Literally the first concert I ever went to of any significance was Bon Jovi at the 
uh, UTC McKenzie Arena in Chattanooga. It was perfect. I was on the back row. That's when that's and Rob was younger then. Yeah, so. middle school. See, that's perfect. Yeah. That's when you go see Bon Jovi. Yeah, I've seen Bon Jovi twice, but both years started with the two thousand okay. in front of it. Yeah. So I mean. Mm, yeah. No. So yeah, we've made we've made no secret that like latter day Bon Jovi yeah. is not really our jam. No. Right. But early Bon Jovi, but real Bon Jovi. Yes. When Bon Jovi was Bon Jovi, yeah. You will find no two bigger fans. Yeah. Than, true. Than, than Rob and I. We're it's both, true. Both big big geeks on this stuff. So let's get into it. Living on a prayer by Bon Jovi from the 1986 album Slippery When Wet. Written by John Bon Jovi, Richie Sambora, and Desmond Child. Can't wait to talk about Desmond Child. We've oh yes, never talked about uh, him before. I don't even think in a in a passing way we've ever talked about him before. So I'm really excited to dig into Desmond Child because he's got a fascinating career. Um, Living on a Prayer was number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, Mainstream Rock, Cashbox, UK Rock, and Metal. New Zealand, Canada, and top five basically everywhere else that exists. I think somehow they were listening to this in the Amazon rainforest. They were like, you know, anyway. Uh, In 2006, it was voted number one on VH1's Greatest Songs of the 80s. 100 Greatest Songs. Not Greatest Rock Songs. Greatest Songs. Songs. Period of the 80s. That means it topped When Doves Cry, which we talked about last week. Topped every Michael Jackson song. It topped everything. Doug Stone. Doug Stone. (laughs) Come on. From the 80s. Better than all of them. It is ranked number 270 on the Billboard All-Time 600 chart between number 269 Love Roller Coaster by the Ohio Players. Cool song. I actually prefer the Red Hot Chili Peppers version. Okay. It's got a little bit more bite to it. Uh, and um, and I can't believe I'm bringing the song up again. Running Bear by Johnny Preston. We mentioned it in season three because it's, number one, uh, it's one number higher on this list than Dire Straits' Money for Nothing. Um, and it's just way racist. It's insane. I can't believe it's on that list. Anyway, uh, here's just, by the way, one more example of why I still don't understand the Billboard Hot uh, All-Time 600 chart and how they arrived at the conclusion that these are the top 600 songs of all time, okay? This song, Living on a Prayer, at number 270, is outranked by nine spots by Every Rose Has Its Thorn. <laughs> oh, poison. As is I Want to Dance with Somebody by Three Spots. I get I want to dance with somebody. Is outranked by Every Rose Has Its Thorn? No, 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 no. I thought you meant being in the list. Yeah, Every Rose Has Its Thorn, I don't even, but that's not the best Poison song. No, it is not. And yes, so anyway, but according to the Billboard Top 600 all time, the number one song of the 80s is not as good as Every Rose Has Its Thorn by Poison. (laughs) Um, I don't understand. Uh, it re-entered the Billboard Hot Rock Songs chart in 2013 and rose to number eight on the Billboard charts on the heels of both a Hurricane Sandy benefit performance that had been a few months prior and that viral video of the guy lip-syncing to the song at a Boston Celtics game. Have you seen? You're not much on I don't, the viral I, videos. So, so it, it got its boost for me without the viral video. Yeah. So it came back around in 2013 because there's... Because there's a there's a video of this dude at a Celtics game, and they start playing "Living on a Prayer" like you know in in a break right between uh-huh. quarters or something like that, and this guy's just going ham, on, like 
just passionately singing. He's out in the aisle and uh-huh. they catch him on the camera and it just turns into this whole thing. And that literally put this song back, back on the chart. Yeah, people really are like, was. oh yeah, I love that song. And took it back to number eight. Not even like it hit the top 100, top 40. It went top 10 again because of this dude, (laughs) this nerd at the Boston Celtics game. That's awesome. Um, It's almost up there with like Africa and Don't Stop Believing as far as like songs that have found new life with millennial Mm -hmm. and younger audiences. You know what I mean? It's just like a – it's one of those things that now – and Bohemian Rhapsody is the same Mm -hmm. way. It will just always be popular, it seems like. You, you think they'll I mean? make a Bon Jovi movie? Oh, definitely. Yeah, so? probably not for 15 more years. Yeah. But, I mean, God God forbid it, but probably once John dies, mm-hmm. then yeah, it'll probably, happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Stallone will be in it. Right. Yes, he <laughs> He'll play Tico Torres. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely will play That's Tico awesome. Torres. That's amazing. Um, man, okay, one more interesting chart note uh, before we get out of charts and awards. According to a Billboard feature called Revisionist History, which more equally weights downloads and original Nielsen sound scans and radio airplay, uh, Living on a Prayer is the number one song of 1987, replacing Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bengals. Um, Coincidentally, by the same weighting, Bon Jovi also has the number one song of 1986 with You Give Love a Bad Name, replacing That's What Friends Are For by Dionne Warwick. So taking more into account the digital era, they've sort of gone back and said, okay, now the top song by by sales and charts from that year mm-hmm. is this. Now it kind of flipped up some things. Apparently a lot of things changed taking into account the digital era. So a digital era, excuse me. So yeah, number one song of uh, 1987, number one song of the 80s. It doesn't get more classic than this. Like, yeah, you're right. Comes from a great album, too. We touched on it a little bit. Monster album. Slippery When Wet is huge. Yeah. Um, it's got You Give Up a Bad Name, which Rob mentioned. Also has Living on a Prayer. Also has Wanted Dead or Alive. We even talked about yeah. doing a listen-through to this one. But, we did. Um, decided to just pull this track out um, and talk on it um, for a little bit. The album cover, for those of y'all that are looking, the one that you probably see is the typical black garbage bag with Slippery, slippery When Wet written on it um, on the black garbage bag. The original cover was a... Young lady in a wet T-shirt, but they thought it was too uh, too raunchy and afraid too risque. Afraid, afraid of American record stores wouldn't carry it. Yep. But that cover is still the one that released in Japan. So oh, really? there's still those covers out there in Japan. You know, I've <laughs> always thought I, I I've always thought this was concrete. Uh, oh yeah. Until until reading that it was a garbage bag, I've always thought that this was yeah, just huh. like you I know, see what you're talking about. Concrete or or uh, you know like a, a building wall. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's kind of neat. Um. We want to talk about the song. You want to talk about the band. You tell me where to go. Man, let's let's talk a little bit more about the album, and then I think we'll cu- kind of cover the song as okay. we're going. Um, this is the the third album from Bon Jovi, the band, um, and it has twenty eight million plus albums sold. Uh, that's huge. Like, yeah, there are huge artists who have not sold that many albums over their entire <laughs> yeah. careers. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like albums that you would go, they're massive, huge mm-hmm. artists. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I'm talking about like the offspring. Uh, <laughs> huge you know, artists. Jimmy Eat World. Doug Stone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to put that into perspective, okay, this is, this is what we do here. That's double the amount of sales. Of Van Halen's 1984 Whoa, worldwide. Come on, man. That's 
what many people consider that's, Van Halen's like magnum opus, yeah. and Slippery When Wet has outsold it two for one. Man, that that puts in perspective the Yeesh. monstrosity of this because that's a similar. I consider that a similar genre, sure, similar vein, similar time period, time period. Everything. Yeah, look, yeah, that's good. So wow, you know, I guess I guess Van Halen is just a little more suited for mature ears right. and listening yeah. to you know the real whatever it's because they had an angel smoking a cigarette on the front oh, if they'd yeah. have gone with the if they would have it's been true. more conservative yeah, like gone, bon jovi gone was. garbage bag gone garbage gone yeah. concrete yes um do, i have a question about this while we're talking about albums and 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 bon jovi as a whole and their place in the kind of zeitgeist does does bon jovi fit into my theory about becoming a legendary band by releasing back to back all-time undeniable monster albums. I honestly no, don't know. No, you, because you say this no. is their monster album. They have tracks off of Fahrenheit and Crush, but that came later. Okay, and, which I hated Crush, and it, and not, they didn't. What was their second? What would be the one after this? New Jersey. New Jersey. Followed this one up. So here's my. I it's went, good. What's the track listing on? I New went Jersey? down the road. Okay, I went down the road. Here's what I say. Okay. I feel like my judgment may be skewed on them because I've you know whatever. Um, Got what? I'll so, be there for or you. Or as Fred own. Hammond would say it, my vision is obscured. <laughs> hey, special guest, Fred. That was showing good. up, Fred Hammond. That was good. Thank you. Did you bring um, your bass? Yeah. That was commissioned, Fred Hammond. That's right. Uh, okay, so my best thought on this, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here, is to compare Bon Jovi's "Slippery When Wet" and its follow-up New Jersey mm-hmm. to Journey's Escape and Raised on Radio, okay, which were back-to-back. Okay. Uh, so Slippery When Wet has You Give Love a Bad Name, Living on a Prayer, Wanted Dead or Alive. Undeniable monster, mm-hmm. right? New Jersey had five top tens. What I was on New Jersey? Had Lay Your Hands, Lay your on, hands me, on Me, Bad Medicine, okay. I'll Be There for You, okay. Born to Be My Baby, yeah. and Living in Sin. Okay. Five top ten hits. Okay, okay. yeah. That's, I Escape didn't Escape had... Don't stop believing. Who's crying now? Open arms, mm-hmm. and then uh, it's follow up. I'm sorry, it wasn't raised on radio. It was Frontiers. Frontiers. Yes, Frontiers had separate ways, worlds apart, faithfully, yeah. and only the young. Yeah, that's that's the one too. I didn't realize New Jersey was as big as it was. I didn't realize Bad Medicine was on that one. I knew yeah. I'll be there for you. But yeah, that's. I mean, it's arguable. You think that is there a better comparison? Based on uh, this one, I think you have to say probably yes. Their continued success, like the reason they're still as popular today as pretty much they ever were, uh, is largely based on the success of these two albums. For contrast, though, Journey kind of marks the end of an era, along with like Holland Oates, who we've talked about, and undoubtedly, undoubtedly some others, where you were allowed time to grow as an artist and release several albums without pressure to be instantly uh, fully formed. So Journey also benefits from having released several albums mm-hmm. before Escape, which yielded all-time classic pop rock singles and not much else. Yeah. Lights, Wheel in the Sky, Love and Touch and Squeezing, but those were kind of like the one, one song, song from on each any album. Any way you want it. They had funny. several albums before this. Yeah. Bon Jovi had two albums before Slippery mm-hmm. and Wet, and they were kind of... And, and he came out the gate as with, kind of full-blown Bon Jovi. Yeah, yeah, with Runaway, I mean, that was yeah. his number one hit, which I was looking over. I have that album, the first one, and apparently track four is called Shot Through the Heart. But it's not – I'd never heard it. Shock. I have this album, and I was like, how have I never heard Shot Through the Heart? Wow. And the fact that he went and made a hit with that as the opening lyric That's so interesting. to a different titled song. Um, and I was going to – while you were telling me about the tracks, I, I have Crossroads in front of me. Crossroad, the Crossroad, Bon Jovi yeah. uh, Greatest Hits album, which I'm huge Bon Jovi up to Crossroad. Okay. Like that's yeah. where that's my cutoff point Sure, um, is Crossroad. I, a little bit of Crush was okay because I like Just Older, but that's the only song on there that I really liked. But I was going to open it up to see what tracks were on which, but it's this awful picture 
that just says thanks for believing in us. Oh man. Initial John Bon Jovi of the band. And it's so. just him out of focus him and everybody of, else yep. in focus. Yeah, which yeah. is the same way on the cover, same concept on oh, Crossroads. Wow. Um but yeah, yeah, that's that was good, Rob. I didn't I didn't think about that yeah. in in that vein. So there's so much good stuff to talk about on this song once we get past the album itself. Um, you know, I mean, first of all, it's just got a monster riff, yeah. right? Like the basis of so many great like '80s rock songs is just a monster killer riff. Uh, you know, John Bon Jovi's delivering insane vocal performances mm-hmm. yeah. on this. Um, such, um, you know, he brings such a um, I don't know if passion is the right word to to, to his performances, delivery of these songs. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like a you really. Um, I don't know. You really feel for Tommy and Gina. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're rooting for them. Yeah. And then the idea. Just two working class kids. Yeah. You know, just trying to make it happen. Just uh-huh. trying to, they're not, they're not trying to be pop stars. They're just trying to work. You know, just now, trying to live. now Tommy used to have a six string, but it, it's in hock. It, it's in hock, <laughs> but he could make it talk. Could, you know, so, he yeah. make it talk so tough. So tough. Like, wow. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, he's not like, he's not, it's not Beverly Hills. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> You know, yeah. they're just, he's on the dock. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you're rooting for these kids. And Gina was there all day. All day, all day. at the diner. Goodness gracious. <sighs> Working for the man. Just, oh, oh man. gosh. Um, <laughs> man, yeah. So, but that, so they've, it's got a story that you want to root for, uh, right? Um, <laughs> and that people, people at least, everybody feels like they connect with the story somehow. Everybody feels like they're blue collar, even if they're not. You sure. know what I mean? Like me, I'm not like, really blue collar mm-hmm. you know what i mean most of my jobs i've sat at a desk for most of the time and you know whatever that kind of thing um but it's like uh you know people want to feel like they're doing underappreciated work there's some like ceo in a suit right yeah. now like man i feel you I tommy feel, yeah, i'm exactly. right there with you you and me buddy that's right you and me, buddy. Like, really how often do you come and he's like he's like, like sarah squid. hold my calls for the next hour <laughs> while i ponder on living on a prayer and listen to the great song podcast and relate with these guys <laughs> Absolutely true. Um, so yeah, it's got that killer talk box riff. We haven't talked about the talk box since, since Frampton. Early season one when we talked about Peter Frampton. You lifers go back, y'all y'all will remember. That's it's right. Like episode three two? Two, two or I three? think it was it's yeah. early. Yeah, early. Um no, episode two was Garth. Was Garth. Yeah. yeah so it was three, three or four. Um but uh yeah, so the talk box is kind of like a we've talked several times about wah pedals that kind of changes the uh, frequency range and all that stuff. And a talk box adds another layer of that because it it pushes air through a tube that then goes into your mouth and your mouth becomes basically the amplifier for. Your mouth becomes the resonant chamber for this sound. And when you, uh, you know, if you just made a sound in your mouth and you went, it does that with your guitar sound. And um, and so that's how you're able to sort of now he's not making it talk like Frampton, you know, actually, you know, used it to make it sound like his guitar was saying words. Um, you know, he's just going for more of the kind of standard talk box effect and it gives it that wow, 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 but it's more pronounced than you could do with a wah pedal or anything like that because your, your mouth has so many more nuances, you know, than a, than a wah pedal would. So it has that really distinct sound. Um, and apparently that was just kind of a thing in the studio. There is an original version of this. Did you come across this in your research? I didn't hear it without the talk box part or something. Okay. Yeah. There's a, there's an original uh, demo version of this that uh, was released as a uh, hidden track. They um, there was a 
2004 box set called a hundred million Bon Jovi fans can't be wrong. And, um, it has a, it has a different guitar riff, different bass line that is not as good. It's okay. Um, it's got some other slight variations. My favorite of which is the lyric, just hang tough and we'll make it. I swear. Just hang tough and we'll make it. I swear. It does that at the like at the end. Um, most of the most of it's the same, but um, but yeah, it's got um, it's got you know some differences like that. Let's take a listen to it real quick if I can find it. This is at the end of the box set, which is long on itself, and it's a track called it's called Nobody's Hero slash Living on a Prayer. If you're streaming, apparently on the CD version, it was uh, it was a hidden track. Sounds like Sugar Pie Honey Bunch. <laughs> sugar Pie Honey Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even hear the bass, but it's dude. It's, yeah, it's in there, but it's it's just copying the guitar. This is a demo. Sure. So it's pretty formed already. Okay. Know. Do you think you Just, think it's a hit if that's the angle they go? It does the talk ooh. box and the bass line put it into stratosphere of hit. I think part of it does. And I think I think um they almost uh, apparently there are a couple different versions of this story, but apparently John didn't want to put it on the album. He thought it wasn't good enough. And then he either just kind of changed his mind or the band band changed his mind. Or there's one thing I read that said like he sat down with some teens and played it to him and they were like, man, you got to put it on the album, dude. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but it, it sounded a little too, too fantastical. Like yeah. he sat down with a group of youths and they were like, <laughs> put it on the album, man. But I definitely think the talk box is a big part of it. And that added that added nastiness of the bass part. Yeah, it's just a better bass line, delivery, everything, which we'll talk about in the Meet the Band section because it's not... Anyway. Yes. One of the main differences, and I think we should meet the band, one of the main differences that I think is easy to overlook is the lack of synth work on the demo. Right? Yeah, that's like, true. Don't the, sleep on the synth parts in this track because they're vital. They make a really big difference. Uh, they've got the the staccato chords on the verses that it's just dun, 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 that really adds energy to mm-hmm. it, drives it along. And then it's got the stabs on the pre-chorus. You got to ink, 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 ink. It's almost like psycho. You know what I mean? Staying on that one note and mm-hmm. and making those stabs on the pre-chorus, and then kind of nice drop-ins throughout the song. You know what I mean? It's tough. The bling. Bring the big synth, chords. and even the big chord that when you're air guitaring, you hit on guitar in the verse. Yeah, um, it's yes. powerhouse synth. That's right. Hit hard, That's absolutely. Good, is. So yeah, I think I think all those things factor in to make to make it. You know, because the demo was basically what you know as the song. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, with a couple minor differences, but the little tweak to the main riff and the sound of the guitar. And the addition of those extra synth parts are all help combine to put it over the top. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to touch on in the Meet the Band section the the bass controversy, if you would say. The hey, bass player let's, controversy. Let's go ahead and touch it. Let's meet them. Let's touch that thing. <laughs> hey. 
let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. All right, we're going to meet the band of Bon Jovi, spelled B-O-N-J-O-V-I, um, fronted by John Francis Bon Jovi Jr. That's right. Bon Jovi spelled a little differently. Yes. B-O-N-G-I-O-V-I. That's right, the full-blown Italian Bon Jovi. On vocals, no guitar um, on this track. Um, he does play some acoustic guitar every now and then with them live. Um, but no no uh, instrumentation by Mr. John Francis on this. Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2009, ranked number 50 on Billboard's 100 Most Powerful People in Music Business. I believe it. Ranked number 50 on People's Top 100 Most Beautiful People in the World. Mm. So, and I'm thinking to myself, how does he end up right in the middle of these lists? You think <laughs> yeah. he's like, come on. He, I think in his mind, he probably thinks he should be ranked a little higher. Sure. Um, but he's 50 of 100 in two different lists, powerfully. Um, I think in his hate, at some point, he got he was like voted like sexiest rocker okay. or something like that. Uh-huh. I feel like surely he was at the top of that list at some point. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, sexiest for over a certain age. Probably as he maybe got yeah. Stallone's listening to this like. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's be honest. John Bon Jovi's a handsome dude. <laughs> like, there's a reason he ended up doing movies and stuff like that. You yeah, know, what I'm saying ended like up, he's a credited actor he's, in all kinds of subpar movies. You're right. He's he better. He's better looking than you know David Coverdale, right? Like m- meatloaf. Your, your average, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, he oh, at one point he owned an arena football team yeah. called the Philadelphia Soul. Um, his debut single, Runaway, crapped the top, crapped the top, <laughs> cracked the top 40. Um, he did some solo work on his own too. Um, and that's actually what he's done more now than with the band. Um, did Blaze of Glory for Young Guns 2. Yeah. Um, really big into politics. Uh, it was on the John Kerry tour a few years ago. He was really, um, I would say influential, but I mean. Yeah, he was pretty pretty vocal. In yeah, that. vocal. Yeah. Um, good buddies with Patriots owner Robert Kraft and coach Bill Belichick, and actually has two Super Bowl rings. Really? Which is kind of cool. Wow, I think that's neat. And that's he, weird. Why? I when why? you're buddies with the guys, biggest fan. I don't know. It's Patriots. You, I guess it's just weird that somebody so associated with New Jersey would not it's, be a New York Jets guy. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Right. They're because they. They're the New York Jets, but they're really they meet yeah. in East Rutherford, uh, yeah. New Jersey. He played the first concert ever at Pat's Gillette Stadium. So, okay. John Bon Jovi. John I wonder Francis. if I don't know what part of Jersey he's from, and I'm not real great with geography. School subjects are not really our strong suit here. <laughs> we've established, uh, but I wonder it's if right ge- outside of Tuscaloosa, ge- right? <laughs> yes, if geographically maybe it's more convenient to him to go to Patriots games than it is to yeah. go to you know it's uh, closer, Jets games. Yeah, yeah, traffic and everything. Or it's probably just a little sexier. I guess. He's a sexy guy. He's like the Tom Brady. <gasps> He's like the Tom Brady of oh rock and roll. Goodness. That's good looking dude. The ladies love him. He just keeps going forever and keeps being good. Your diehards might say it's time to hang it up, but he's like, I'll quit when I suck. That's right. That's that's good. That's that's really good. I like that. Good comparison. Um, on guitar, Richie Sambora, The Stranger in This Town album is so good. I've talked about it before. It's one of my favorites. Where's Where's he in your in your He's top in my guitars? top ten. Okay, that's which what I is thought. way high. Um, technically, he's not that guy. Right. I'll just be real. But 
his I like the way he plays and I like his songs. Um, I might even touch some of his best solos. I mean, we can I, I, I highlighted some of them. Dry Country is really good. Yeah. If you want to listen to it, there's three different sections, so it's long. Uh, the Wanted Dead or Alive solo is really good. Yep. Um, we we mentioned it's, Wanted or Dead or Alive. Let's play the solo just so they can Wanted hear. Dead or Alive. Yeah, it's at minute two sixteen. This is the one that's like. More full of harmonics than a ZZ Top solo, yeah, right? It's yeah. just all harmonics. And the thing that's so cool about this, as Rob's looking it up, is the intro is just Richie and John playing two acoustic guitars, yeah. and then Richie picks up his uh, electric and does this right yeah. here. So stinking cool. The guy can sing too. The oh, guy can yeah. flat sing. He carries the high vocals. Come on. So, Pulls that off live. So live, they both play that part. Yeah. And then he sets his down right here and picks up his electric and does this. So many harmonics. So squealy. I mean, oh, man, come on. Wow. That's, that's, a, that's my guy. I that's like a that very guy. JP guitar tone. That, that is. That's a, that's a JP guitar tone. That's yeah. right. And yeah. that's playable. So I, I can right. play that one. Yeah. So maybe that's why I like him, too, is I can do the majority. His, his solos aren't complex. Okay. Um, another popular one, if we, while we're on the album, we might as well do the You Give Love a Bad Name solo. Okay. Because it's, it's also not complex, but singable. Uh, go to 221-ish okay. on there. Oops. Um, while you're looking that up and while he's finding it, uh, we talked a little bit about the Stranger in This Town album, but it's so good. It's got Tico Torres and David Bryan, who are Bon Jovi members that we'll talk about here in a minute. Tony Levin plays bass on the album. Solid. So, woo! Come Let's on. Look, so, I mean, whatever. That, bon Jovi defines arena rock. Exactly. They are arena rock. Huge. Yeah. I mean, we could listen to a large portion of this, but yeah. while we're talking solo, go to 221. All right, 221. Which, that's a great riff, by the way. Yeah. Simple, simple, simple. Here we go. Finger tap. Yeah. So, yeah. Richie Sambora, high on my list, like that guy, um, was in a band called Message, um, and then he auditioned to be Ace Frehley's replacement in Kiss. How about that? But didn't get in, yeah. so he found Bon Jovi, um, replaced Dave Sabo as Dave Sabo uh, went on to be in Skid Row um, after three weeks of the Runaway Tour. Interesting. So, um, married Heather Locklear for a bit there. Then he got, uh, most recently, in a relationship with fellow guitarist Orianthi. Orianthi. And they formed a band. Yeah, who I'm a fan of. I I like her. We've talked about her before on some female guitar um, discussions. Um, Gear-wise, i got to talk a little bit on Richie's gear because I'm a 
guitar geek on this stuff. Uh, he plays Kramer, Jackson, and Charvel Superstrats, mainly okay. um, those two. So for those of you that don't know what a Superstrat is, it's a Strat with three humbuckers. Yeah. So it's uh, And it'll have the locking Floyd rows at the top. Um, and the first Richie signature Strat was a Kramer that came out in 87. So it's a good-looking guitar. So it's just a Strat with some, with some guts. Um, so that's on Richie Sambora. Oh, yeah. On bass and backing vocals. Now, wait a minute. This is where it's going to get a little bit... Gets a little hairy. Get a little controversial here. Not the bass player on this track, yeah. um, but gets credited as it, as he was the bass player for Bon Jovi, but did not play bass on this track, which I'll talk about after him. But um, a guy named Alec John Such. Uh, mom played violin, and he wanted to as well, but instead ended up picking up the bass guitar. Collects guns, likes to ride bikes and horses, and he is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Really? That he is, didn't go in with them? Did not go in with them. Wow. Because, insert Hugh McDonald, yep. the bass player on this track, yeah. um, did join the band in the 90s after such was kicked out. Um, never became really an official member of the band. Um, until recently. Until recently. Yeah. But toured with them and was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member. Of Bon Jovi. Wow. So Hugh McDonald is in, who plays the bass uh, on this, the bass riff on this song, which uh, we've talked about how it's added some, but he was not a member of Bon Jovi at that time. time. Um, Alec John Such gets credit for vocals, I mean, still, but I don't know how much of the backing vocals he does and the gang vocals of that, but still, crazy story on that right there. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know why the... Reports vary as to why they let Alex. Is it Alex or Alec? It's Alec. It's, it's Alec. A-L-E-C. Okay, so why reports vary as to why he was let go from the band? Everything from like he needed to spend more time with his family to like John decided he was a sucky bass player. Yeah. To you know he couldn't pull off what they wanted him to do live or whatever. But that's a weird thing to have a sitting bass player in your band and. And then have somebody else come in to play the bass part. I, I mean, it happens more than we think. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's just a weird thing to think about to have a. I, I'm and I'm reading it's an through, awkward conversation. Yeah, right. And I'm reading through the liner notes right here. Like Hugh gets nothing like yeah. in the band section at right. all, and that's such a vital part of this song, which we talked about. Is I mean, I think even I don't know. I guess when you're an '80s arena rock band, you don't you don't have to do that, and it's a pride yeah. thing. Well, and here's another interesting thing about this band, and it makes me wonder how many of them are set up this way. Um, but for uh, for Bon Jovi, the only actual member of Bon Jovi who is signed to the record label is John. They're not signed as a band Bon Jovi. Hmm. The other band members are John's employees. Oh, wow. They work for him. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that weird? Yeah. So he's the one with a record deal, uh, and he runs. He's contracting bon these guys out. Yes, he's like, you want to come play on my album? Wow. Yeah, isn't that weird? That is crazy. Yeah. So it's not like he got signed first, obviously, and then created the band around himself. Um, but they never, they never signed as a mm. band. To this day, it's technically John Bon Jovi and his employees Bon wow. Jovi. Wow, that's crazy. Um, on drums, Hector Juan Samuel. Tico Torres, uh, drums and percussion. Um, before jo- joining Bon Jovi, he'd played in the studio with Pat Benatar, Cher, and Willie Nelson. So he was already a pretty established musician. Um, he also auditioned for Kiss really? when Peter Chris left in 1980. So basically, half of this Bon Jovi band <laughs> is Kiss rejects. That's <laughs> crazy, isn't it? Um, he had a longtime endorsement with Pearl. 
Um, but after Richie Sambora left, he changed to DW, and I have no idea how that would make a difference on the um, endorsementship. How, but they are like that was a pivotal point of when I changed my endorsement. Huh. I don't know how the guitar player leaving had any had any say in that. But that's strange. On keys and vocals, David Brian Roshbaum. Okay. Um, he got tired of having to spell out his last name, so he just basically dropped it. He needs now David Bryan. David so Bryan. He goes by first and middle name. Um, so Robert Dale, there you go. There you go. Um, yeah. He wrote Keep the Faith, um, pretty big hit. Yeah. Um, and he co-wrote a musical called Memphis after he left John Bon Jovi. So David Bryan, Roshbaum on keys and vocals. Um, writer, I know we wanted to talk a little bit about this before we wrap up the Meet the Band section, Desmond Child. Um, I'll yeah. talk a little bit about it, and then I'll let you. You probably got a lot more. Um, I know he wrote a lot of stuff. I hate myself for loving you by Joan Jett. Crazy angel and dude looks like a lady with Aerosmith. Yep. Living La Vida Loca, Ricky Martin, stuff with Poison, Songwriters Hall of Fame, stuff with Michael Bolton, Chicago Dream Theater. Wrote Weird by Hanson, stuff with yeah. Lindsay Lohan, <laughs> Cisco Thong Song. I mean, come on, Bo Bice. He wrote come the on. Thong Song. Hey, come on, come on. <laughs> he comes from a Hungary, the place Hungary. Not he's hungry, but he's American Hungary dual citizenship. Yeah. Um, and he wrote this song on an upright, out of tune piano. Interesting. Um, and three as weeks, they should all be. And he three weeks before he penned this, he said uh, Gina was based on an ex girlfriend that he had that was a waitress, and he actually wrote it Johnny and Gina. But John's like, I can't sing this. My name's John. Right. Like I can't sing it about me. Sure. So they changed it to to Tommy. Johnny was a Yeah. So, anyway, it would have sang just It would have worked fine. It would have fit fine, but then it'd been him singing about himself ish. Yeah. I don't know. It makes me wonder. I'm I'm a little dubious as to the note about it being about an ex girlfriend because he's been married to a dude for thirty years. He's yes, he, so but this was there's still the picture of the girl above his piano. I saw okay. the interview and he's like, This is who inspired oh, that yeah. song. Okay. And he has a picture of her. It's this old There you painting. go. So, I mean, I realize. People change affiliations change, all the time, so but yeah, you know exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. I, you get you. You said a lot of what I had. Um, Sorry, the, the one other no no, no the, you stepped on my toes, man. <laughs> the one other Aerosmith song that I wanted to note that he had written is one of my favorite melodies of all time, okay. which is weird because the verse is basically spoken. It's "Hole in My Soul" oh, from yeah. the Nine Lives the album. Whole... When they actually start singing, mm-hmm. the melody is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, it's just so good, and it never stops. Are you it's wanting to play this, it? So I mean, is it it's yeah, sacrilege okay. to play Aerosmith on a Bon Jovi episode? <laughs> they Probably, might get fight, but but that's all right. They'll uh, they don't run our show. That's right. Play the melody to "Hole in My Soul." On the chorus of uh, of the nine lines. Not to I'm... mention this opening uh, guitar riff, which I'll give Joe Perry credit for. Mm. So good. Mm. Anyway, so yeah, yeah, yeah. We hear you. Steve. <laughs> Here we go, this melody. This walk up. And then they just keep going into awesomeness into the into the chorus. Come on. 
That's awesome, dude. That's just great. I Good love job, it. Desmond. Good job, Desmond. For those of y'all that just listened or scanned about ahead to the end, that is not Bon Jovi. Correct. That is Aerosmith. Correct. But there is an interesting tie-in, though. Uh, by the way, um, Steven Tyler um, steals marching uh, right. bass drums. drums. Never forget that. Go back. Steal, and, excuse me. Steals concert bass drums. Yeah, Never forget for, that. For, yeah. Go back and listen to uh, our season one. Yeah, season one. It's episode like eighteen, maybe from season so one, seventeen, eighteen. We talk about uh, Steven Tyler breaking into a high school and stealing Li- their bass drum. Living on the edge for yeah. those of you. Uh, so yeah, the list goes on and on. And gets more and more diverse for the songs that. Uh, Desmond Child has been a part of either written or co-written, um, like you said, all the way all the way from Kiss to Ricky Martin yeah. and Cisco. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, he co-founded the Latin Songwriters Hall of Fame with Rudy Perez in 2013. Um, his he is there's a I don't quite understand the Hungarian citizenship, but also I he grew up in like. I think it's that he's Hungarian, His parents, but he grew up in like the Cuban sort of refugee area of Miami. That's the, that's what I gather from from it. Um, he, but uh, anyway, I thought this was interesting. Uh, he wrote uh, "Born to Be My Baby" for Bon Jovi, and "I Was Made for Loving You" for Kiss. "Born to Be My Baby," "I Was Made for Loving You." Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look up the lyrics, they're fairly similar. It's basically the, the same, same story. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, you and me here tonight, let's press <laughs> ourselves on each other. I was made for you. You were made for me. Let's do this. So here's like, here's the one for kiss and here's the one for the kiss rejects yes, that didn't exactly. quite get into kiss. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Bon Jovi was opening for kiss when Desmond wrote, I was made for loving you and kiss actually hooked Bon Jovi up with him. That's cool. So. Thanks, Kiss. That's good. Come on. Yeah, that's good. You got to admit, I know you're not a Kiss fan. I'm not a Kiss fan. At all. Not but at all. Kiss has brought some good into the world. Um, this is funny. When he first met up with Steven Tyler, they had the guitar riff um, for Dude Looks Like a Lady. But the, and this is the, he said, this is the first thing that they did when they walked in. He's like, hey, man, welcome in. We got this guitar riff. Like they immediately just get straight to work. And, uh, and so they're playing in this guitar loop and, um, but the the hook they were going with was cruising for the ladies, cruising for the ladies. And he said, the Desmond said the first thing I said to them was, "That's terrible." <laughs> <laughs> and he said, uh, Stephen, he's like, you can't do, you can't use that. It's so so played out. Um, and he said, Stephen Tyler spoke up and said, "Well, uh, originally when we came up with the riff, I was singing, dude looks like a lady." And he's like, we thought we needed to change it. And Desmond said, bro, that's a hit title. Uh-huh. And the rest is history. They went that's with Dude good. Looks Like a Lady. That's good. There's a really cool special on him that just released this past May on PBS. Uh, definitely worth checking out. He's got a young guy named Justin Benlolo who fronts the vocals on some of the rock stuff. Like uh, Desmond's doing his thing at the piano mm-hmm. and, and is singing some of the stuff. But they do like a... Uh, like a lower tempo version of living on a prayer that's kind of more manageable in a regular vocal range. You know what I mean? But he's got this kid, Justin Benlolo, uh, who's fronting the vocals on some of the other, he pulls off Bon Jovi, Aerosmith, Kiss, doesn't miss a lick. Like it's really impressive, especially, I mean, he hits the, um, the high stuff on the Bon Jovi stuff. He hits the weird stuff on the Aerosmith stuff. It's really, really, really impressive. So check out the PBS. I think it's all like PBS.org or whatever the PBS website is. Uh, there's a special on uh, Desmond Child where he's just doing hit after hit after hit in this kind of uh, small theater setting. It's what, very cool. Well, you touched on the high stuff of Bon Jovi, so we got to talk about the key change. Yeah. So this will be a good segue back into the song um, off of the Meet the Bands. Great key change. 
Um, and we'll talk, a, I was telling Rob beforehand that my, one of the things I love about the key change is not just the fact that it goes up, it's actually a step and a half, right? which is an amazing key change, it's Weird. which is awesome in and of itself, which Bon Jovi can't hit it now. Yeah. John can't hit it now. So he does the get the crowd vocals. You yeah. know, when it comes to the party, he's going to hold the mic out and let the crowd sing it. Um, so we'll listen to the key change vocally, but also listen to the time signature. I was counting it with Rob. So the song's in 4-4, four, four, yeah. um, and you can explain it if you want to from here, but there's going to be a bar of 3-4 on the all that you've got, and we can snap it or count it out for you however you want. But um, but listen to it, and then we'll go back and explain it a little bit. So we'll hear the hear the key change right here. Yeah. One more time. It's like just open your mouth as wide as you possibly can and hope for the best. So my first introduction to why that note is so high and so hard to hit is I watched uh, something called Behind the Music, which is the Mm. greatest show ever. So good. If I could, oh man, I could watch that stuff over and over again on VH1. And they talked about how there was a time when when John Bon Jovi was just exhausted from touring. And they're like, there's no way he's going to be able to hit the high notes and how Richie had to cover it for him, Mm. like had to cover those notes for him. Yeah. And so I was thinking to myself, you know, I guess that is pretty challenging. That's up there. So that's an E flat. That high note is crazy. Whoa, is a D E flat. That's high. Yeah. You talk about like high. High C is the benchmark for uh-huh. male vocalists. You know what I mean? If you can hit a high C, that's something. Yep. Uh, that's above that by a, by a step and a half. By a third, yeah. It, so. And it made me think actually listening to this kind of critically and, and whatever for, for research made me think, you know who I would love to hear do a cover of this song vocally? I would love to hear, maybe not, maybe not a now. Uh, yes, a uh, no, no, maybe not now, but. 90s uh, or or even early 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 to mid 2000s. I would love to hear Sammy Hagar oh, do yeah. this song because it's thick he, and it's his upper register yeah, real strong. That's he good. Could crush. Oh, that's that. good. Like Man. he'd be a great. The yeah. Bon Jovi fans that are listening to this are like, okay, you said you wanted to hear Aerosmith, <laughs> you want to hear Van Halen, like, let's stay it's on Bon Jovi. True. That's not just me being a Van Halen, Mark. No, that's me that's, honestly just going, man, Sammy Hagar would be great on this song. I, I want to do some covers be- here in a minute, but I do want to count out the time signature there on that. Yeah. If we can do that. So, sure. Um, you want to explain it's, it? You probably do it better than I can. Yeah, but. it's interesting because it's, I, I, I've never even thought about it to you. You know what I mean? To me, I just always thought it's a, it's a, it's the ending of one sentence and an abrupt beginning to the next sentence. And I've never even thought about what the time signature is, but you're absolutely right. It goes to a, a measure of three, four. And it's also, uh, it's also, um, it's also it got triplets before it or during the measure of three four. Mm-hmm. So it's a kind of an interesting thing. It's like it's one two three four triplet three one two three. Does it make sense? So we'll, let's listen to it one more time, and we'll count it. Snap out. and cap- count along with exactly. us so that you know what we're talking. So here we so are. We're in four. We got one, one, two, three, four. four. One, two, three. Four. Here comes one, two, three, four. One, two, three. One, two, three, four. And the triplets are just during that during that bar of uh, three, four times. So it's a really yeah, it's a really nice thing. 
really nice setup for that key change, yeah. which just comes out of nowhere, you know. Um, and that's just a, what vocally it just goes up a half step there. Is that no, right? it's a step and a half. I mean, I'm sorry, but the actual melody. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a half step. Um, so it's really odd key change. A step and a half is not something you hardly ever, it's ever, great. ever hear. Maybe once or twice in my pop life do I recall a step and, and a half key and change. And it's cool because it's the verse and the first chorus, it's basically in the key of, if you're going major, it's in G, but it's over an E minor. Right. So, and then it's going to go to G minor as it will be the minor on that. Yeah. So it goes up to B flat. Yeah. So that's, it's very guitar friendly for the beginning of the riff. Yeah. So like you can play it. And then at in, the end, not so much. But. Yeah, not at the end so much, but it's uh. I cool. was going to say, this is about as 80s guitar rock as 80s guitar arena rock can get. Like, it has all the stereotypes mm-hmm. of 80s arena rock. Key of E minor, the perfect mm-hmm. rock key. Yep. You know, going down to that big C major, back up to a D major, mm-hmm. and then home to E minor for that great schlocky kind of tension and release. Uh, perfect 80s synth sounds, mm-hmm. even a sweet talk box part. The crowd vocal sing-along. It's Gang vocals. Yeah, yeah. it's literally... It's everything 80s. Perfect. If you were to put arena rock in a time capsule, this is absolutely the song that you would use. That's right. That's you know? the cassette that you bury yeah. and you pull out. Aliens come to invade Earth and they want an example. Of 80s of, arena rock. Yeah. Yep, that's this what is, they pick up. That's this good. is it. Uh, do you call – I've seen Bon Jovi sort of subcategorized in a couple places as glam rock. Do you agree with that or no? I think that's tied into their hair is the only reason I would think so. I think so. so too. It's like, okay, they tease their hair. It's glam rock. But yeah, I don't know. I disagree. Ma- maybe. I, I don't. I, I'll, give, I'll give you glam rock on Poison. Yeah, Poison. You know, maybe Motley Crue early, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And so, I mean, I guess if yeah, you're going to say Motley so. Crue is, they yeah. were harder than Bon Jovi. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I'd go glam, a little glam. But <laughs> they're rockier. I know, I hate to say that because I don't like to say that I really like a glam exactly. rock. Exactly. Is the reason. And exactly. I really like this era of Bon Jovi. Yeah. And then, of course, later they, you know, got away from that and, and went toward for kind of a a little bit edgier sound and mm-hmm. away from the, you know, they all got haircuts. They cut their hair. Yeah. Really, that's really I mean, what they did. Yeah. Except for David Brown. I think he still has yes, the same hair. It's true, man. I remember in the mid-90s going, I th- I honestly thought that there was a there was one of their videos, I think it was Give Me Something for the Pain, maybe, that had him playing on his guitar and his, and his long keyboard. blonde curly hair. Yes, playing on his keyboard. And his long curly hair kind of bouncing, you know. And I, th- and I thought, is this a dig on Sammy Hagar? That's literally uh, what I thought. Maybe I'm just obsessed with Sammy yeah, Hagar in relation to Bon Jovi. <laughs> I don't know. Weird. Uh, man, yeah, you covers, got some, Yeah, I got some covers. Got some covers. Go so for it. So after September 11th, Bon Jovi did an acoustic version of this song. Um, so that's not necessarily a cover, but right. that was a big um, – it was a change. It's completely different. Sure. Um, so and it was it – was, it got pretty big then. It's all over Guitar Hero and Rock Band. Yeah. So my take on that As is – As well it should be. People basically cover this song every single day in their living room. It's so I mean true. this is probably the most covered song because everybody does it every day in their it's living so room. so true. All over that. Um, there's a girl – um, Sershin and Zaritskaya. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look it up. It's a. Uh, I think. I don't know how. S e r s h e n. S e r s h e n and Zaritska. Surely that'll get Got you close yeah. enough. Yeah. Okay. This is their version of it. Uh, and there's tons of covers, but I just picked like three or four. All right. So we'll listen to this one real quick. You can pick any part of the song. Skip ahead some, obviously, but. Whoa, 
I like the production of it yeah. more so than her vocally or anything. Yeah, it's a pretty faithful it's, cover. It's faithful cover, and I feel like it. Yeah, I'm talk box man. So cool. It's the same. Yeah, it's, it's John the same. Denver. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's the same. John Denver, as we have established in season one, is, is the, the same. same. Um, there's a punk version where the guy does everything. His name's Alex Goot. If you want to look that up, the thing that I want to highlight on that is where the guitar solo is. He plays a keyboard solo. Really? Which I think is a neat idea. And this was this is your typical pop punk sounding to me okay. version of this. Alex Goot. Oh, not what I was expecting. The look. Yeah. Was, yeah. Not he's Groot. Like, he's like short hair glasses. Playing on a little tiny uh like twenty five key synth. You can skip ahead a bit. That's he plays cool. everything on it. Finger symbols. He put in real finger symbols. Which, oh yeah, I forgot to give uh, Tico credit on finger symbols. Yeah, man. He's going for it. Doing it all himself. Go Alex Goot. So he goes with a keyboard solo, huh? Yeah. All right. I'm excited to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, punk vocals. I'm proud of this kid. Yeah, I'm proud of him. We're cheering him on. Go ahead, Alex. We're for you. Let's find your solo. Oh yeah. Guitar. Yes, sir. So yeah, neat, nice neat job. Little, little take. I Alex like that. Goot. It's different. Um, it's very good. My least favorite: um, Jonathan <laughs> Young and Caleb Hiles. It's oh. metal. It's it's straight okay. metal. So okay. if that's the when you were going to ask about the glam rock, I thought you were going to ask is Bon Jovi metal. Uh-huh. I thought that's the place you were going. Gotcha. So I think if Bon Jovi was quote unquote metal, this is how they would sound. And this is not my this is my least favorite. Sorry, Jonathan and Caleb. You can skip ahead to wherever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It all sucks. We're going to play like nine seconds. This is a weird video. They look like... It's like two guys standing in front of a green screen and just using weird backgrounds yeah, of like soccer games and space. And it says happy birthday on it right now. <laughs> and they're just standing there like they really don't want to be there. <laughs> like their wives are like, you have to make a video for your cover. <laughs> and they're like, all right, we'll go down to the... Anyway, let's hear the chorus. I don't know what key we're in. Maybe in B now? Oh, no. See? I'm out. See? I'm saying C like I told you so, not like C <laughs> like the key. Yeah. Nope. No. No. No, thanks. 
I feel bad right. if these guys actually do listen to us because those are could kind of be the guys that would actually sit and listen to us. <laughs> um, the cover that I bet no one will have discovered as we're recording this because it just came out two days ago. Oh, so how neat is this? Switchfoot did a cover of it, really, and I am a huge Switchfoot fan. Um, so we'll listen to it. I'll never rip on John Foreman, but this is definitely at the top of his range. So it's it's a stretch, but I like this guy. I love this band. And so let's listen to the Switchfoot cover. Mr. John Bon Jovi, we are Switchfoot, and we cannot wait. Oh, yeah, they're going on tour together. On tour with you. Really? This summer. This is going to be amazing. I grew up listening to you sing anyway, this song. That's great. Why don't you do it? Written. And as a thank you... We're going to butcher it. <laughs> I like his voice. I like yeah. That. We should cover an old Switchfoot song, like Legend of Chin Legend of or Chin. something yeah. from that era. New Way to Be Human. New Way to Be Human. Company Car. Yeah. They're going a step down. They're in D minor. Yeah. All right. That would be fun. Live. Yeah. That's cool, man. Good job, guys. Good job. Way to be. So. I think that's the first Switchfoot mention ever on the show. Which is sad because we both. Like, I'm a big Switchfoot fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm a good. I kind of. After, I got burned out on him after the beautiful, beautiful letdown. Let down, just would not stop playing everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, you're right. So I, you know, I kind of lost touch with him a little bit after that. Which is funny that that's their most popular album and has the most hits, but it's the one that I'm like you. I can't listen to. I'm just over. Yeah, I mean, I it. wore it out myself. Yeah, I did too. And then everybody else wore it out too. You just couldn't get away from it. Yeah. So. Anyway. Anyway. Back to Bon Jovi. Back to cruising for the ladies. No, no, no that would be Aerosmith. Oh, okay, all right, whatever. Um, man, I, actually, I'm tapped. Are you tapped? You okay, got some stuff. I got a couple notes, um, and then we'll we'll see what we got. Uh, this is pretty interesting. Uh, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to find this here. John Bon Jovi's first professional recording was on the 1980 album Christmas in the Stars, the Star Wars Christmas album. On a song called R2-D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. What in the world? And uh, I got it for you. You know I went and found it. So um, Because it's Star Wars related and rock and roll related. And because we're the Great Song Podcast. Exactly. This is what we do. We dig these treasures out of the dirt. Uh, so this is R2-D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Featuring uh, John Francis Bon Jovi. That's Jr. right. According to the 2011 Forbes article, he was running errands at his cousin Tony Bon Jovi's radio station in New York. And a producer named Miko Minardi uh, asked if Tony knew any singers who were looking for work. He connected him with John, and when he needed a young voice for his Star Wars track, and John was like 18 at the time, uh, when he needed a young voice for his Star Wars track, he brought him in to do it. So here, ladies and gentlemen, is John Bon Jovi's first professional recording from the 1980 album Christmas in the Stars, the Star Wars Christmas album. This is R2-D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Oh, there you are. If you come over here, you'll find a wonderful surprise. You'll have to plug into the central computer to hear what it is. This is not Bon Jovi yet, no. everyone. It's our no, it's C-3PO. C-3PO. It's your Christmas present. 
That's not him yet either. Some little kids. Apparently, Miko Minardi tried to do this himself, but he, he just couldn't make his voice sound as young as he wanted it to. Yep. What? Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's what they make fun of him with. That's like oh, yeah. they put this You're on right. like. You're right. Oh man. You can hear it at the end of the oh, word man. tree. You can hear John Bon Jovi there in definitely there, will be a Bon Jovi movie was... because of that portion. <laughs> They'll be like John all prim and proper, true, yeah. short haircut, yeah. nerd. John Bon Jovi as David Partridge. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. And then there'll be the moment in his life that changed him into the rock and roll star that he is. Man, that's good. Yeah, isn't that weird? Um, good find. Yeah. Good yeah, treasure. I was, I was pretty happy with that. Um, in the 2000s Bon Jovi song, It's My Life, which is officially where I was done with Bon Jovi. It's my least favorite Bon Jovi um, song. Yeah. Uh, the two characters from Living on a Prayer are mentioned again. Uh, there's I, a, I, I need to clear something up. My least favorite Bon Jovi song is Have a Nice Day. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Right. Thank you. They're, they're the same song. Continue. They're the same exact song. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he says, this is for the ones who stood their ground for Tommy and Gina who never backed down. Who never backed down. Insert more talk box. Yeah, wow, exactly. Wow, wow. wow. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Uh, Tommy and Gina, they survived. They at least made it to 2000. They, they did. You know they made mean? it to the crush album. They never backed down. Um, yeah, that's where I stopped with Bon Jovi. There's something about. There's a really good song on that album, though, called Just Older. Okay. That's like, I'm not old. Just older. Just older. Which is good. That's cool. That's a good... I'll give him some props on that. Okay. Never going. never let it be said that John Bon Jovi can't write a good song. He can... Sure. He can, he'll always he be can able to write, write a good a song. He can also write a bad song. He can also write a bad song. Rob yeah. hates always. The, the Beatles is, had some crap. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody writes some crap songs. Um, I'm just... I'm just... For whatever reason, I've moved on from Bon Jovi, okay? I'm not going to say it's their fault, okay? I'll put it on me. <laughs> different right? stage of life. Yeah. I'm at a different... You know, I've just I've gotten busy. i got a family. <laughs> i got things to do other than listen to Bon Jovi. Cats in the cradle. But there was something <laughs> that, that really triggered me in that song in that the chorus... In, in the chorus, he says... Uh, first of all, I get worn out with his, with his mixed metaphors, right? So he, he's, I've talked before about the lyrics on always and how they drive me insane because of all the mixed metaphors. This Romeo is bleeding. Yes. All that Rob's stuff. Rob's favorite line. So there, but there's a line in it's my life, uh, in the chorus. So it gets repeated. He says, my heart is like an open highway. Okay. I can forgive that. Whatever. It's a, whatever. It's a wasted metaphor, but, uh, and then he says, like Frankie said, I did it my way and I have a thing about blatantly putting referencing other people's songs to get your own song over, right? Like when when Kid Rock did the thing where he literally just said singing Sweet, Sweet Home, Home Alabama, Alabama all yeah. summer long and took the took the beat from uh-huh. Sweet Home Alabama and Werewolves of London and mashed them up to do it. I just have a problem with that fundamentally. Uh-huh. And so when he literally used Frank Sinatra's name and his own lyrics to to be a hook in his own song but that doesn't take away from blues traveler hook to clarify that no completely different that's concept genius completely different concept genius continue but that's that's where that's where i broke fellowship with bon jovi <laughs> right there that was where I was about like, the time richie sambora did you guys are not invited in my ears anymore rob's also in my top 10 favorite guitar players as is richie sambora and they both parted ways with bon jovi at the same time <laughs> around the same time uh the 2010 grammy awards featured a three-song 
kind of medley, not exactly a medley, but three song performance where the songs sort of flowed into each other a little bit uh, from Bon Jovi. The third song of which was voted on in real time by fans. That's uh, cool. That was really cool. Idea. So they uh, they voted for Living on a Prayer, and um, they said uh, they were like, um, you know, right up until the last minute they had rehearsed. Um, it was it which was, three did they do? Do you remember which one? I can't. They did. It was uh, who said you can't go home. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of the ones they did with uh, Bon Jovi. Sugarland with Jennifer Nettles. Jennifer Nettles. Uh-huh. Yes, thank you. Um, and then they opened all right. the all set right. yeah. with um, something more recent of theirs. I can't remember what it was. Um, but um, and then so they they closed it with the fan voting song and they didn't know until right before they went on they left the voting up to get they as had many to know that possible. was going to be the one they picked though right well it, it was living on it was living on a prayer always and always made the something cut. else right. yeah it was like you know three contenders right okay. so I would have definitely thought it would have been living on a prayer or always but living on a prayer won and so they at the last minute they were like all right here we go and you know did I it. really liked bed of roses too that's another power yeah, ballad by Bon Jovi that I was a fan of a lot of a lot of um a lot of faith references in Bon Jovi stuff keep I, the faith keep, and and references to, to not uh like to the Christian faith in particular, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Kind of weaved in and out. Um, the one he's referencing in Bed of Roses is I want to be just as close as, as the, Holy the Holy Ghost, Ghost is. Yeah. It's, Not the best rhyme unless you're singing <laughs> 80s. Yeah. Um, but uh, but a lot of that kind I of thought stuff. I a great line would have been, I want to be as close as your halitosis. <laughs> That's the one I always want to sing. Gross. That's amazing. Oh, man. Oh. I don't even want to. You know, I watched – have you ever seen the show – this is – we're off the rails. It's fine. We're almost done. Have you ever seen the show Adam Ruins Everything? I've not watched it, but I've seen uh, advertisement. Okay. I think it's they're a, called commercials these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fascinating show because he literally takes like well-researched um, you know, um, things and kind of picks apart these institutions, right? And he does it, everything from like – you know, buying a car to malls, why they're a ripoff, all this kind of stuff. But he, anyway, he did one on um, like healthcare products. And as one of the most fascinating points of the thing, he showed where literally the term halitosis was invented by Listerine. Oh, to up sales. Yes. So the the wow. that is not a real term. It's not really? medical it's not... at all. It that? is a term that Listerine invented to put in ads to make people feel self conscious about cool. their breath and sell mouthwash. That's awesome. Isn't that crazy? I like that. So there you go. There's that's your, why we went there. That's why we went there. There's your random random. That's how you get. That's what you get on the Great Song Podcast. You get better roses to bad breath to that story. How about that Listerine. That's awesome. I do have one more thing. Okay. That's for the Apple fans out there, the longtime Apple fans. Um, from songfacts.com, according to Joe Lynn Turner, formerly of Rainbow and Deep Purple, uh, Richie Sambora borrowed the bass riff from Turner's Get Tough from his first solo album, Rescue You, uh, for this song. Turner told... So Sambora did it? Yes. Okay. Turner told Uber Rock, Richie Sambora came up to me one night and we were drinking pretty hard, and he said, I'm going to steal that riff. And I went, yeah, go ahead, man. And he did. So uh, judge for yourself. Yeah, play it. This is Get Tough by Joe Lynn Turner from his album Rescue You. Pretty close. I mean... 
I mean. Uh, when was that released? It's a great question. What in the world? Yes. All right, then. So you be the judge. But apparently he had permission. Yeah. This he is said, not a. He said, I'm going to steal that riff. It sounds, it, it sounds about as close as if you were out heavily drinking with this guy one night and you were trying to trying recall to that riff it. later. Yep. That's right. It sounds about that's as close good. as you would get. So yep. I'll buy that. I'll buy yeah. that story. Um, uh, you know, that's really interesting. So. Well, let's send them out. Let's send them out. What do we send them out on? Solo? <clears throat> let's. Um, Key change? Key change. Key yeah, change. let's do it. But everybody listening, you got to promise you're going to sing along. Yeah. If you're in your car, I want you to roll, roll up. down your window. Oh, I was going to go roll up so nobody roll, could hear you. I was going to go roll down so everyone can <laughs> okay. hear you. Okay. All right. And you, you gotta, decide either roll up or roll down. <laughs> whatever you have right now, yeah. do the opposite. Do the opposite. So That's right. If it's raining, I don't care. Yeah. Just whatever's going on in your car right yeah. now, change it. Totally. <laughs> Mix it up. Totally. And, and do your best. To hit these high notes, okay? We're going to go out on the key change to living on a prayer. We're going to mute our mics and do the same thing. Absolutely. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for listening all around the world. We literally love it. Uh, we can't wait to bring you more good stuff. We love interacting with you guys online. Find us on Twitter at Great Song Pod. Find us on Facebook at Great Songs and the great people who love them greatly or Facebook.com slash groups slash Great Song Pod. we got a lot of fun stuff going on over there, especially even uh, when we have breaks like we did this past summer in between seasons. We're going all the time on our Facebook group. It never, never, never stops. So uh, come find us on there if you want to engage in some hijinks and shenanigans with us all the time. we got a neat treat for you next week, too. There's a teaser. Yeah, a neat, neat treat. Join us again next week. It's, it's going to be special. Um, as always, you can find us at GreatSongPodcast.com com and uh keep keep tabs with us hit that subscribe button smash that subscribe button send a link to your friend send a link to your dad that doesn't know how to use podcasts Please. yet just send him a link on that new apple podcasts app uh that shiny new app and uh and let him let him know what's going on the and how stranger to that hears you sing prayer yeah. here in a minute outside on the sidewalk tell him about what, what impromptu that that's right that Absolutely. So here we go. Uh, we go. We'll see you next week. But until then, I'm Rob. I am JP. Go listen to some music. I got one more shot. Wow! Okay, I can't. Okay.